and welcome back to the Two C's Podcast. I am your host, Chrissy. And I am your co-host, Casey. Oh, that means I'm in charge, right? I mean, today you are, because <laughs> it's your episode. All right. Um, Welcome. Welcome. And we are wearing new microphones. So you should be able to hear me. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, And sorry it's been a while, but... We have to learn how to use those microphones. and well, I have like three jobs too, so no. This, judging, and work. That's true. So this kind of like falls down to the bottom. Not because we don't love you. Because we do. We love everyone. Yes. Well, no. I mean, not really. But, but we love all of you. <laughs> as long as you're good people. Yeah. Um... Oh, we have new listeners. I was going to say, do we have any new um, listeners? Oak Park, Illinois. Uh, I'm going to totally She's watch this. this. Uh, Muskegon, Michigan. Muskegon. Sure, whatever. Sure. And Hutchison, Kansas. Welcome. Welcome. To well- our podcast, New People and Old. Yep. I'm just going to sing everything. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I'm done now. Um, so it's my turn to go first, right? It is. So this time, I have the state of Virginia. And I'm doing my story on the murder of Trevor Baldwin. Okay. That was interesting. <laughs> it was very loud. Um, we're not sure how long this is going to work because we can't record off of our normal thing. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it lasts the whole time. Here we go. So, Trevor Baldwin graduated from First Flight High School in Dare County, North Carolina. He played football and lacrosse while he was in high school. His family has said he was loving, sporty, funny, and incredibly talkative, which I am not, so that's nice for him. Trevor and his older brother, Troy, were only about 14 months apart and were tight as two ticks, is what his mother said. And her name is Melinda Baldwin. I really like that name. Trevor made the football team at, I'm sorry and I'm going to butcher this, Shenandoah. Shenandoah. Shenandoah, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Shenandoah sounds... Yep, Shenandoah. Looks like it could be. (laughs) Who knows? It looks like a... um, Um... What's the word I'm looking for? Hold on. Hold on. A. No, it's gone. Anyways. (laughs) Trevor made the football team at that university after graduating high school. Uh, He decided early on that college wasn't really for him. And he decided that he wanted to work for his dad's company instead. So he left school and went and worked for his dad. Trevor's girlfriend at the time said he had been thinking about joining a local men's lacrosse league and was looking forward to meeting new people, uh, and that was right before he was murdered. On September 30th of 2014, Trevor told his family he would be home sometime between 9.30 and 10 p.m. Um, And he was very, he always came home when he said he was going to be home, or he would call and tell his parents if he wasn't coming home. Uh, when he wasn't home by 10 p.m., his parents became very worried. It was very unlike him to be late and not to call if he was running late. 
So, a little after 10 p.m., it didn't say exactly when, but uh, Troy called his parents and told him told them that he had heard from the police that Trevor was in an accident on Dunedin Drive. Okay, who called? Troy, his brother. Okay. Sorry, I got confused for a second because no, they both fine. start with a T. Yes. So Trevor's the one that was killed and Troy is his brother. Okay. And Troy called his parents a little after 10. Okay. So um, the police had told Trevor, no, had told Troy, God, now you got me confused. Sorry. <laughs> had told Troy that Trevor was in an accident on Dunedin. I'm sorry if I spelled that or said that incorrectly. But anyways, Dunedin um, Drive in Chesapeake, Virginia, and had been shot. After hearing that Trevor was hurt, his parents rushed to the scene. His mother, Melinda, says those moments still stick with her. I had a gut feeling something was very wrong. But your whole world falls apart, Baldwin said. Those are pieces you can't pick back up and put back together. Trevor was found slumped behind the wheel of his car, a silver 1996 Buick, which hit a tree near the intersection of Tasman Court and Dunedin Drive. One shot went through his left arm and into his chest, which killed him instantly. Uh, the killer was close, was so close to Trevor that investigators said that the gun was right up against his skin. So whoever it was was probably in the car with him. Got it. In the hours and days after Trevor's killing, locals started whispering the names of potential suspects. The Baldwin family quickly started hearing rumors about a dozen witnesses who saw what had happened, and names started circulating. Names, the family say, are the same names that are in nearly all of the tips that the police received after Trevor was murdered. After seven long years... Police had gathered enough evidence and witness statements to arrest two suspects in Trevor's murder and issue a warrant for the third. According to St. Mary Parish's sheriff, Blaze Smith, Tamika Stewart Bogier, I don't know if that's how you say her last name, but does it really matter? 45. As long as she was found guilty. No, it doesn't. 45 of, um... Oh, she was from Baldwin. I was confused. Because their last name is Baldwin. Yes. Okay. That uh, that really was confusing me. Okay, anyways. um, 45 of Baldwin was arrested on December 17th, 2021 at 12.52 p.m. and was charged with accessory after the fact, second degree murder, accessory after the fact, illegal possession of a handgun by a juvenile, and obstruction of justice. On January 31st, 2022, at 6.39 p.m., Katrina, I'm not going to pronounce her middle name because I can't, Drillhet, 42 of Baldwin as well, was arrested and charged with accessory after the fact of murder, obstruction of justice, tampering, and accessory after the fact Illegal possession of a handgun by a juvenile. Detectives have also identified the third suspect of the who actually shot Trevor as Gerald Joseph Drillhelt Drillhet Drillhet, 
Jr. He is 17 of Baldwin. Arrest warrant was obtained um, and charges of second degree murder, illegal possession of a handgun by a juvenile, on, and illegal possession of a handgun by a juvenile. On May 3rd, 2022, at 3.35 p.m., U.S. Marshals made contact with um, Gerald Jr. in Texas and arrested him on the St. Mary Parish's Sheriff's Office's warrant for second-degree murder and illegal possession of a handgun by a juvenile. Now, they have not been uh, tried yet, so... Got it. So they're still in... They're still in jail. Or out. Um, I don't think they're out. I think they're all still in jail. I didn't see anything that said that they had been released on bail or anything. So, um, my sources were Uncovered.com, Baldwin murder investigation results in two arrests and a warrant for the main suspect. Article by Seth Linscombe, uh, KQKINews.com, and St. Mary's Parish Sheriff's Office website. Weird laws in Virginia. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. It's illegal to flip a coin for coffee. <laughs> okay. It is illegal for kids to trick or treat on Halloween. That's horrible. They still do it anyways. Virginia. But, uh, it's illegal to tickle women. That is illegal. <laughs> Especially if you don't ask. It's illegal to sell lettuce on Sundays. That's amazing. It's illegal to use a bathtub inside your home. Oh. I'm not sure where you would use one, but that's okay. And it's also illegal to beat your wife after 8 p.m. It's fine before 8 p.m., but just don't get caught after 8 p.m. Could you imagine? No. I'm hoping that most of those laws don't exist. Um, no, they're all still, like, I they're mean, still laws, but, I but they don't not follow them or whatever and force yeah. them. Um, okay. I'll wait to say what I, I've been watching okay. until you're done. So, whoops. Hold that thought. I'm holding. Okay, so my story this week is from the state of California. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. It's this, that, or whatever. Because we all know that California has, like, the highest serial killer population ever. Or visitors or whatnot. Um, I was also going to go with... The Black Dahlia, because one of my favorites, even though it's horribly tragic and disgusting and whatnot. But I decided not to do that either. So you went with this, that, or the other thing? I did. <laughs> um, so my sources this week is Wikipedia, IMDb, um, Salminio.com, founded in 1999 by John Seeger. I don't think... Is John Seeger the singer? Or is it something else, Sager? Bob Sager. Never mind. So it's not I was like, I don't think so. Karen Hardcastle. Um, and Karen Hardcastle. Uh, so I decided to do the actor Sal Minio. The what? The actor Sal Minio. Okay. That did not. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to do that. That's what I heard. Okay. So... I was scrolling through Facebook and you know how like those algorithms work. Um, Facebook and Instagram are all about whatever I've been watching on TikTok lately. Yes. Um, and so this picture pops up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks like Ralph Macchio. It wasn't. Right. I it was Salminio. 
And then I was like, wait, did he die? Like, uh, okay, not obviously that he's dead, but, um, yeah, he did die. And then I was like, wait, wasn't he murdered? So here's the story. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. That's how my brain works sometimes. <laughs> so Salmonio was born in January 10th, 1939 in the Bronx, New York. Sal was of Sicilian descent. He was one of a few actors that kept his surname since he was very proud of his heritage and identity. You know, back in the day, they made everybody change their names. Right. They still do. In some case. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily as popular as it was. Well, you you can't have, in Hollywood, you can't have the same name as someone else. Yeah, because I know that Michael J. Fox and there's another Michael Fox. So someone had, I don't know. But, yeah, there's a couple of actors that have said over the years that they, the reason they went with this or that or whatever, this, that, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's my new thing. You tied it all in. Yep. <laughs> okay, so he started in the business as a stage actor. Um, as a child and as a teenager, he made his move to television, beating out Clint Eastwood for a role in Six Bridges to Cross. Now, some of you younger kids are like, oh my gosh. Who is Clint Eastwood? And I would tell you that he's the dirty old man that made um, movies like In the Line of Fire. Or, I don't know, what are some other ones he's done? Why do you call him dirty old man? Because he just, because he looks like a dirty old man. <laughs> oh my god. But I'm sure he's really nice. Uh, Maybe. Well, I've heard he's not very nice. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, he's like. But he's old. He's old. So yeah, he's, he's old and he's crumpy. Yeah. Um. Uh, something Tarantino, not Tarantino, <laughs> Jesus, um, Torino. Oh, Grand Torino. Yes. Yes. Um. Tarantino. <laughs> Poor Quentin. So, I love you, um, Quentin Tarantino. But Sal's breakout role was the role of John Plato Crawford in the film Rebel Without a Cause. Now, for the youngsters, that was a big film back in the day. Um, I don't even think I've seen it. Rebel Without if a I cause. have, it's been a really long time. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, so it's which start... is weird because I like movies from back then, but yeah. I don't think I have either. So it starred James Dean, um, in the starring role, and Natalie Wood. And so Sal, at seventeen years old, was the fifth youngest nominee in the Best Supporting Actor category for his role, um, in Rebel Without a Cause. His next role was in Giant. And once again, haven't seen it. Um, is that with What's-His-Face? I think it's with James Dean again. Okay, not what I was thinking. Um, and then after Sal would be, he would be typecast for the, for those characters that resembled his role in Rebel Without a Cause. Unfortunately. That happened a lot back then. Yes. It still happens a lot now, so. Yes. Um, his biographer, Paul Jeffers, recounted that Salmonio received thousands of letters from young female fans and was mobbed by them at public appearances and further wrote, he dated the most beautiful women in Hollywood and New York City. In the late 50s, Sal was a major celebrity. And in 1957, Sal dipped his toes in the pop music industry by recording a handful of songs and an album. I feel like, uh, this is my observation, 
I feel like this was an ongoing thing back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It was like, oh, you're cute. Let's put, can you sing just a little bit? Well, let's get you on a record and then right. we'll, um, we'll sell everything. Uh, the industry definitely wants to get the most out of their talent. So Minio tried to break his typecasting roles with a role in 1960s in Exodus where he played a Jewish Holocaust survivor. And again, I don't think I've seen Exodus. I think we were supposed to, though, because I think it's on your... Um, My list? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we'll have to go back to that list. Um, For this role, he won a Golden Globe and received his second Academy Awards nomination for Best Supporting Actor. So in 1960s, Sal was becoming too old to play his usual roles, you know, because he looked like an actual adult, probably. Probably. <laughs> um, that had made him famous. So there was rumors, there was also rumors that he was gay. And according to Hollywood, that made him inappropriate for leading roles. Which is completely so stupid. stupid. Um, he auditioned for Lawrence of Arabia, which I was gonna look up. Um, Wasn't that guy that I think was so. actually in it gay? Yes, I think so. <laughs> So, I mean, it just cracks me up that if people knew you were typecasted into, like, different roles because, heaven forbid, someone sees you as a sex symbol. But if you kept it quiet, you could do more than if you were open about it and this is who I am. Like, being your authentic self should be something that we all celebrate. Um, so, he wasn't hired... And by 1962, Sal was baffled how one minute it seemed he had more movie offers than he could handle, and then the next no one wanted him. So in 1965, he was in Who Killed Teddy Bear as a stalker, and his next typecast was born, The Deranged Criminal. Because you can only be the either back, like, the, the friend that, is like back behind the leading person or a deranged criminal because heaven forbid you actually be like a starring person. But by 1969, he went back to the stage. And by 1975, one of his last roles was in SWAT as a cult leader, which again, deranged criminal. Yeah. By 1976, he moved to LA with the play that he was, that he was starring in. In 1972, he did confirm he was bisexual, and in 1960, he was engaged to Jill Haworth, or Hayworth, I think it's, I don't know. Uh, We're just gonna say I don't Peter know. Peter O'Toole was not gay. Oh, he wasn't? Okay, no. I'm sorry, Peter O'Toole and his family. That was horribly rude of me. He slept with over 1,000 women. Okay, well, that's a lie. <laughs> that's what it says <laughs> in his biography. Okay, well... We don't have to go overboard now. <laughs> or was he sleeping with that many women because he was gay? I don't know. I don't but know. I don't but know I mean, either. I guess it's none of our business anyways. It's not. And I didn't even, I don't even care if he is or not. Right. So, but I did think the same thing. I was like, wait, wasn't, okay, if it wasn't Lawrence of Arabia, then it was something else. I don't know. It's never going to come to me before the end of this episode. So. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay, so he, he was engaged to Jill Hayworth or Haworth or 
whomever, and he act, whom he acted in and met on the set Exodus. They eventually broke up, but remained friends till his death. And at the time of his death, he was in a six-year relationship with actor and retired acting coach Courtney Burr III. I think that's... I don't know, guys. I I wrote this two weeks ago. I'm going to be real honest. Um, so on the night of February 12th, <laughs> 1976... Uh, Salomonio returned home after a rehearsal of the play, um, P.S. Your Cat is Dead. So that's the play that he, um, moved to California for. So after parking his car in the carport, or as we like to say, under... Because he lived at an apartment, so what would you call those? The covered parking spaces for the young kids. I just call it covered parking space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he So he parked his car in the cardboard at his West Hollywood apartment. Unfortunately, I don't want to laugh at this because he was stabbed in the heart by oh, a mugger. so sad. So Sal was found lying and bleeding profusely in the parking alley by neighbors who had heard his cries for help. But he was only able to walk a few steps after which he collapsed and died. He was 37 years old. So, for some reason, I thought they never had caught the person. But apparently, they did. Um, so, a young pizza delivery man with a long criminal history was convicted and sentenced in March of 1979. So, this happened in 76, so three years later. Um, he was sentenced to 57 years in prison for killing Sal and also for committing 10 robberies. That it happened before. So it seems there was a lot of confusion of what actual witnesses had seen the night of Sal's murder. But the pizza man's wife said he returned home with blood on his shirt. Now, okay. Let's be real honest. Back in the day, cops weren't exactly on the up and up. On some things. And some cops. So... The correction officers later said that they had overheard the killer admitting to the stabbing. Now, I don't know if that's true. But after several years of speculation on the motive, the police concluded that it was a random robbery and the pizza guy was paroled in 1990 after serving 12 years. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So from his website. Uh, Salmenio was an artist and visionary, a cultural icon, and also a humanitarian that supported gay rights, but he didn't like to be confined to being labeled. He was open about his sexuality long before most mainstream celebrities chose to be. And so they were very, I, I'm very proud of it because his career was hurt because he was honest. So that is the story of Salmenio. That's sad. Yeah. What a way to die, too. Well, and I guess it was, like, right in the heart. Yeah. So I wonder if, like, maybe he accidentally pulled it out, and that's why it, like, bled all over the place, or... I don't know. No, the guy that stabbed him probably pulled it out. I, yeah, that could have been, too. Um, So, 27 Strange Laws in California, and this is by Rachel Medina. So... It is illegal for women to drive vehicles while wearing a house coat. 
<laughs> what is considered a house coat? I don't know. Could it be a robe? Could it be an actual house coat? I don't know. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It is illegal to pour salt on a highway in Hermosa Beach. Okay. I'm sure that has to do with like it's animals. Inf- well, an environmental. Yeah. Uh, in Long Beach, it is prohibited to put anything other than cars in a garage. Okay. Which, don't tell me my business. Interesting. Don't tell me what I can put in my garage. Right. Uh, In Blythe, you are only permitted to wear cowboy boots if you own at least two cows. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., it is illegal to walk a camel down Palm Canyon Drive in Palm Springs. Thank God. I was thinking... Just earlier. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could walk a camel right down Palm Drive in Palm Springs. Or I'm glad <laughs> that when I drive down that road, I don't have to worry about running into a camel. Yeah. Between that time. Uh, so, here's another one. <laughs> this is my last one. You made, you, you may not hunt moths. Under street lamps in Los Angeles. <laughs> we should nuke them all. Oh, God. I thought you would get a real kick out of that. Blech. All right. So that is Virginia and California. What are you watching? They're disgusting creatures. <laughs> what are you watching? Oh, I can't even. I can't go on. I'm watching. I watched season two of Reacher, which was phenomenal i love that guy uh i watched the ritual killer which had uh cole hauser and um uh morgan freeman which was really really good and then death by fame which also was pretty good it's from the id ID channel it's like hollywood stores i cannot speak today hollywood stars who are famous that have died. Got so it. like what either they killed someone and then died or someone killed them. Um so things I'm watching American Nightmare. That was insane. It is on Netflix and it's about a husband and wife who get robbed. Your dog is I know, my dog is out of control. She's at the door and she's whining. Please let me in, please let me in, please let me in. I need it. Um, but this wife and husband, like the wife gets, they get robbed and then the wife gets taken from the home and no one believes her. And this has been going on like to different women and different people. Like, for years. And finally, like this one woman cop, because let's let's let the ladies do the work, um, brings it all together and is like, wait, this is very strange. Because this sounds like that. And um, thanks to her, uh, the other cops had to pretty much tell this woman, I'm sorry, and eat crow and like I'm assholes and sorry we didn't believe you but it's a really good show 
and I hope I didn't give it away because I just kind of told you everything that happened. Wow. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I watched Dr. Death season two. Uh, I cannot imagine how people still get to work on people after they kill a bunch. I can't watch that. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and then for a while I was watching 80s and 90s movies. I watched Sea of Love. And I don't remember watching it the first time around, but I was like, you know what? I think I know who killed these people. And I was right. So you should watch it. It's good. And Bird on a Wire was really good. And I hadn't seen that for like years. I hate that movie. You don't like Mel Gibson. I don't. But I like What's-Her-Face. I like her. Goldie yeah. Hawn. Um, I watched all of Monk. And then watched the new Monk movie on Peacock. Yes. It was so good. Um, Did you like the way it ended? Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't not like it. I just was like, oh, we're not going to show any more of this? Oh, okay. I thought since, you know, we were making a big to-do about it that I liked how, because he was so depressed and he was so like, oh my gosh, my life means nothing. My life means nothing. And then when she said, when he asked who were all these people. Yeah. I thought that, that was, was good. I thought that was really good. Yes. Um, I also watched this yesterday. I watched the documentary on Joan Baez. I am a noise. It's so good. So good. And I didn't realize that her and... Bob Dylan. She calls him Bobby. I feel like Mr. Dylan would smack me if he heard me call him Bobby. I'm pretty sure he but, would. Um, <laughs> they were like friends. And I don't know if there was more than that. But she said that all she would say was that they were friends. So there was more. <laughs> I think. Uh because she said it without actually saying it. But it's really good because she's very honest about um, some stuff that's happened throughout the years. And just on... It's nice to see people when you they're... You how she screwed people over? Joan Baez? Um, no. Not yeah, that I'm aware I'm of. I'm someone else. <laughs> okay, well, I don't we'll know... We'll talk about this at another time. I don't you were talking about but <laughs> no it was really good and she's a beautiful singer and I love her voice yeah she's I really like her and my guilty pleasure this week uh well for the last three or four weeks has been Dynasty the 1981 version and Chrissy doesn't want to hear anything about it, but it's amazing it's amazing and it's horrible and it's gross and I can't believe that it used to be a thing and I just rewatching it I shake my head at 80s television and how they think that a rapist would just be okay to marry his his victim and she would just be like all right let's get married and let's have a baby like that's not a thing so, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Chrissy doesn't want to talk about it. Um, 
I did watch, and it's not called We Are the World documentary on Netflix, but I am talking about that one. So it's got Lionel. Um, that is how uh, Michael Jackson called him. Lionel. Oh, not Lionel, not Lionel Richie, but Lionel. Lionel. And it, like, <laughs> every time I say it, I want to call him Lionel. But he um, recounts the night, um, well, him and the rest of the artists that were there and are part of the documentary uh, recount the night that they made We Are the World. And it is really good. So it's really cool to see a bunch of people in a room. I wish they would do something like that again. Yeah. Um, they all have major egos and all of them didn't want to step on each other's toes. And at first, everyone looks completely uncomfortable until Ray Charles and um, Stevie Wonder. Ray Charles had to go to the bathroom and Stevie Wonder was like, here, I'll take you. And someone was like, oh my gosh, it's the blind leading the blind. It's just amazing. Anyways, they eventually got their shit together. It took them, like, 12 hours. They started at, like, say, 10 p.m. This isn't 12 hours. It's more like 8. Who who showed up that wasn't even supposed to be there? Do you, did they go into that? So, they went into the fact that they wanted prints really bad. And, um, so Sheila E., who used to work with Prince really closely, mm-hmm. I know that they wrote a couple of songs together. Now, there were two people that showed up because they had heard that they were going to do that song and just, like, joined in and they weren't even supposed to be there. No, I don't think they go I into that. I can't remember who it was, but though. But the more the merrier. But, yeah, 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 yeah. And they had um, certain people singing certain parts, but watching Bob Dylan be so uncomfortable and then finally Stevie Wonder was like, dude, and he started playing on the on the piano and he's like Bob be like you and sing it like this and just like it it just like it made me feel so good inside because like we all get in like in our heads and we're all like what's going on and whatever and just to see that those people can be just like that. Those, Those people. people. Um, it was nice. So, anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so either. We're hoping to get another episode to you guys ASAP. Which is but, not today. But we have, like, judging. <laughs> like, for the next four or five weeks. So, so we'll try. Yes. Get... We cannot promise anything. Right. After March, it'll be better because dancing will be over. So, But we hope all of you have an amazing couple of weeks until we get back to you. <laughs> or a month. Or a month. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>